You're listening to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 62. I got nothing. Welcome to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the show, welcome. We are glad you are here. And if you are a returning listener back for more, well, welcome. and Thanks for coming on back. A little different show today. Chris is off gallivanting in the ocean blue celebrating a uh, anniversary, 25th wedding anniversary with the fam. So me today joined by a couple folks from the Facebook group. Uh, so excited about that. You can, as always, though, connect with Chris or I on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston. That's J-O-D-Y. And of course, Chris Trent. And over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. Uh, all the links and resources that we're going to mention today, you will be able to find on the show notes page over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 062. Thelongerhall.com slash episode 062. So we want to make sure you head over there and check all of that out. If you're enjoying the show, finding it helpful, and we'd love for you to share it with somebody that you think would also benefit from it. And make sure you subscribe to the show through iTunes or your favorite podcast player so that you can get the episodes every week as they come out. And we, man, I am really, I'm excited today. Today will be fun. We're talking youth worship services, which for many is midweek, although not everybody. Kind of what are essentials that are needed for that? So good topic today, diving in with some folks who are uh, also doing it week in and week out in their context as well. So cool moment, uh, cool, cool episode today for us to bring uh, those folks on. And uh, I'll introduce you to them here in just a bit. So uh, a few shout outs. Chris isn't here to do that. So I will, uh, I will do that for him. We are right now, it is nearing the end of May, which means for most of us, if you're listening to this, when it comes out, means we are in the heat of graduation. And lots of, uh, lots of us are running around trying to recognize graduates, attending grad parties, graduations and such. And so we want to, uh, especially want to shout out to all of those who are running around trying to recognize graduates and do all of that. So uh, the, the exhausting finish here right before we come into a busy, busy summer. So shout out to you. Uh, also, just to make sure we mentioned this, and uh, today is a great uh, opportunity to see that kind of in action, but we have started that super secret, although not really secret, Facebook group. And so uh, you can head over to Facebook and request to join that and jump in. It's good times uh, there for 
for everybody there. Some good conversation happening. And today, joined by two folks from that. So today, Ed Braswell is on the show with us and Philip Higginbottom uh, on there. And so we will be tackling and talking all about youth worship service essentials. So I think that's it. So with all that said and all that out of the way, we will jump in here to today's episode. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey guys, uh, Ed, Philip, thanks for jumping on. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking some time today to jump in here with us. Um, Ed, how about this? Let's do this. Um, how about take it just a minute uh, and just who you are, where you are, a little bit of your background, kind of how you got into youth ministry, how long you've been doing it, that, that kind of stuff. And then, um, and then Philip, maybe you can do the same. And then we'll jump into the topic. How about that? All right. Uh, my name's Ed uh, Braswell. I'm a currently student pastor in uh, Wood, at Woodlawn Baptist Church in Conover, North Carolina. Uh, just turned 42 last week. Gosh, you're old. <laughs> That's right. I am. I've been in it for a few years. Uh, I started. Uh, I guess God really got a hold of my heart um, through a series of events um, when I was uh, 16 or so. Um, Shortly thereafter, called me in the student ministry. God put some uh, really strong men in my life to help me uh, and, and to mentor me and to disciple me. And I'm so thankful for those guys. And so um, taught some, helped out with our student ministry some when I turned 18 or so. Uh, went to Southeastern. It's where I met Jody. And um, I've been working in student ministry, I guess, kind of part-time, full-time since 1998, my first full-time position was in 2003, and uh, um, been going strong since. I guess I've uh, been married. Or, yeah, been married just over 16 years. Got two girls, and um, they are my youngest. Just entered student ministry this year, so nice. I'm new phase myself. That's fun, right? I, I I do. I love it. I I learn. I know more about student ministry. I feel more connected now than I have in quite some time. Yeah, yeah it make, makes a big difference. Yeah, um, I, I get uh, I get the down low on things when I get home from my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're really honest critics. Yes, very much so. How about you, Philip? I am in uh, Lavernia, Texas, which is about thirty miles southeast of San Antonio. Um, I have been in youth ministry for about nine years. I started as a volunteer. Uh, took a bivocational position um, in San Antonio, and that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, about four years of that, I stepped up to um, full-time ministry. I'm at Lavernian Anonymous Church uh, here in Lavernia. I've got uh, a wife, been married just over 14 years, and then uh, three girls, uh, 14-year-old that starts high school in just a few months, a uh, 12-year-old, which will start eighth grade, and then we have a six-year-old um, who is finishing up kindergarten this year. So uh, I recognize the call of the ministry when I noticed that my youth minister growing up, a guy named Chris Trent, 
didn't seem to do a lot of work. <laughs> and uh, I wanted that job yeah. where you could hang out with teenagers and uh, talk about Jesus and somebody would pay you to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, and you're still doing it. Although you probably work a little harder than Chris. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now, I mean, he's on a, I said boat the other day. I said, Oh, you're going on a boat. He said, no, I'm going on a ship. Mm. Mm. I said that, and that just a really big boat. And he was pretty adamant that it was not. Uh, so whatever. He's having a great time on a, on his, uh, I'm sure his little anniversary tour there. But anyway, well, hey guys, thanks for thanks again. I mean, I know it's this is a crazy time of year. May everybody rolls into May tired if you're in youth ministry, and um, we're you know we're running around. We just finished our grad recognition stuff. I know some people are still in the midst and heat of that, yep. and then summer is coming. Um, summer is coming. So let's talk though today about kind of youth worship. Now, I think for like historically maybe that that has been kind of Wednesday night midweek service and i think maybe for a lot it still is but that's not necessarily the case for everybody so we out of the gate let me just frame it and say we we understand that not everyone has that as their midweek uh kind of service and that's fine you you can apply right. this to sunday morning whatever we whatever we're going to have we talk about this so regardless of when that time is for you what we hope today is that the, the things that we talk about and discuss really uh, are helpful and apply apply across. So, um, what 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 do you guys think are like some essentials? Like, what do you feel like? Okay, regardless of size, regardless of context, regardless of because you you both have been uh, in bivocational role. You've birth, you've both obviously been full time uh, as you're serving in that role now. Like, depending on the context, what are some things, okay, you're like, this is essential. These are non-negotiables. Like, these things have to take place. I think, um, for me, non-negotiables, you start with build it around Jesus and not you. Um, that's true of anything we do in youth ministry. Um, if you're building it around you or a program or a curriculum, um, you're doing things wrong. Um, build it around Jesus and not you, and be as authentic as you can, both personally and as a group. Um, and I've got something on that maybe a little later, but uh, those are the two big non-negotiables. Worship, uh, having worship time, having a worship leader, uh, it's something that some people have, uh, some people don't. You can do youth ministry without a guitar, uh, believe it or not. But uh, if if Jesus isn't there and you're not being authentic, you're losing right out of the box. That's good. What What do you think, Ed? Well, um, I, I don't know if you can do youth ministry without a guitar. I've never heard that before. <laughs> so four chords, three no, chords, and a capo. Three chords and a capo, and you got every Chris Tomlin song nailed. That's right. It's in the rock. You can't sing it because it's like ridiculously high. That's right. That's right. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm, I'm right there. I, I think that um, uh, we're talking essentials in student ministry and, and something that, that can be done across the board um, is, you know, uh, make much out of God and you do it through his word. Um, I think that we've got to um, get our students 
in in God's word. I mean, it's got to be a part of our student ministry. And, and I would say even even more, not just a part of our student ministry. It has to be our student ministry. Um, we've got to have our kids centered in God's word. Um, I think everything we do has to be centered around God's word. Um, you know, helping our students study the Bible, teaching them the truths of scripture, but also providing um, ways for them to learn how to study scripture on their own. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest essentials in student ministry. Um, we've got to prepare our kids uh, to be able to study and study with confidence in such a way that, that they learn who God is, um, not just from their student pastors and not just from their Sunday school teachers, but they see it in God's word and they learn who God is through his word and they fall in love with him uh, through his word. And I, and I think that'll set them up for life. I think that's, you know, I think student ministry is just a phase is all it is. And what we're doing is preparing them uh, to live a life for, uh, for God in their twenties and thirties and, and passing that on to their children. Yeah. So Philip, you talk about, or you mentioned like, you don't have to have a guitar. You, you might have worship. You might not have worship. I mean, do you feel like there is kind of a pressure or an assumption though, that like, okay, everything that big church has, we have to have. Yeah. I, I've fallen into that trap. If you even call it a trap, I'm not sure that I would, I would use that uh, term, even though I just used it. Um, I think that it's nice to be able to lead our students into worship time and um, whatever that looks like, uh, make them realize or help them realize that worship is not about uh, flash or even good. I I'm terrible on a guitar. I have one. I can lead my students in worship uh, and have. When I was doing vocational ministry, we didn't have any kind of budget to afford a worship leader. Um and so I did. I sat there and sang the first, the, the same three songs every week because they were the ones I was most confident with, and we worship. Um, but yeah, I think there's yeah uh, a pressure or a, a. I think we feel like we have to do what other people do. We have to have a worship time, um, and there are ways you can accomplish that without a guitar or a worship leader. You can download YouTube videos and sing along with them. Um, it's a little awkward at first, but worship is worship. Um, so there are other options, yeah. but yeah, I feel like sure. we do kind of get to the point where we need to be doing what everybody else does on a midweek service or a youth worship service. No, I think that's good. And I, you know, I, I've certainly, we've had, uh, in the past been in situations where, yeah, we just did what you're saying. You know, we, we were, what we were playing actually at the time, this is way back when Ed, you'll remember this for sure. Philip, you might uh, you you would buy them, right? There was like a gosh, what was it? It was like I worship or something. You get the DVDs, mm -hmm, that's yep, and you you you'd worship off the off the DVD. You put the DVD in, and they had it was basically like a glorified per presenter recording, uh, right? Yeah. And actually, you can still do that now. So if you have pro presenter, if you're if you're if you're able to have that, and that's a tool in your toolbox, um, you can you can record that out you can set all those things out in that just lay the song in there as the audio track and just sit and go through the words and so if you don't can't find the song you want on youtube or you're not able to do that then i mean you can do that in purpose and we've done that in the past as well um but yeah i think you're right it is a little awkward at first but it's fine like it singing is singing worship is worship um 
I think we all want that camp kind of feel when it comes to worship. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a pressure to have that. But I, I don't know that it's necessary. I certainly have been in moments where it's like, okay, I'm going to pick up the guitar now and I'm going to play a song <laughs> and I'm going to set the guitar down and then I'm going to teach you and then we're going to, you know, I don't think that's good either. No, it, you run the risk of it becoming the Phillips show or uh, Chris. When I was in his youth ministry, he was always very concerned, uh, Chris Trent, without, uh, about it becoming the Chris Trent show. And that's not what he wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if, right. if it, if it's like, if it comes down to you doing it all, like you doing the announcements, you leading the game, you doing worship and you doing the teaching, I wouldn't do it. Like, don't do the worship. Don't do the like too much of too much of one person is is not just unhealthy. It's it's boring and exhausting. That's true. Well, and when you think about announcement game, leading worship, um, the same voice for an hour and a half um, becomes white noise for students. Frankly, for adults. <laughs> um, so if you are doing all of that leading up to your message, maybe your message is not even connecting yeah. anymore because they are hearing you and nothing oh, that's but good. you. That's true. That's true. And do you feel like, so we're, I mean, even those things we mentioned, announcements, game, worship, teaching, I mean, that, that kind of seems to be a pattern for a lot. I mean, right. Is that kind of something right. you see? You feel like those are kind of par for the course. Do you think those are required? Do you think those are, needed um i think you know uh, here's the way i, I look at i, I think kind of look at some of this um because i, I have and i think uh, philip i think you used a good word i think trap is a good word because i think it can be a trap for us um sometimes to feel like we need to compare our student ministries to others um, and and i don't think necessarily that there is a pattern that has to be followed between one student ministry and another student ministry I think it really depends on the particular context that you're in. Um, For instance, I've been where I am for about six years now, and our Wednesday nights are completely different than any other church I've ever been in. Um, And there are several things that that contribute to that, um, but they're a lot different. And and for a while, that was troublesome to me a little bit because I did kind of feel like I've got to follow this exact model. Um, and I think probably the person that it's awkward for the most is probably the student pastor who feels like I'm supposed to be doing it this way. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and probably the kids don't care necessarily as much as we do. Um, because there is that, I think that, that felt pressure that we've got to do it a certain way. Um, and I think one of the things I've witnessed the last several years, uh, and I know you've talked about it a lot on your, on your podcasts and stuff is that, Student ministry is changing, um, and uh, there's not necessarily a set model to do certain things a certain way anymore. And I think that's probably pretty good. Uh, yeah. Well, and when we stop and think about one part of that that we're talking about, announcements, which I think we all tend to put right at the beginning of our worship service. Um, so what you've done, what I find I'm doing is – um, all of a sudden, I'm spending uh, an inordinate amount of time on worship, so or on, on announcements. So I'm 
uh, shortchanging worship. I'm shortchanging my message. And at the end of the night, after an hour and a half, you know, they don't remember that they're supposed to pick up the permission slip for the swim party at the end. So I have to announce it again. At That's the end. right. Um, so something simple like yeah. getting caught in that um, sort of pattern. And I've really taken a step back as we're entering summer now and as we're looking toward the fall and what we may do differently and gone, this doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, no, that's true. So, Ed, you been how how does how is it different for you now? Like you mentioned that it's different here than it has been anywhere else. Well, um, typically, and I know you know you set it up at the beginning that that not all midweek services are the same as they used to be. Um, our midweek service is our smallest, um, and everywhere else I've ever been, it's always been the largest yeah. because everything going on at church on you know typically it's a Wednesday night, it may not be a Wednesday, but. Everything seems to be going on at Wednesday. You've got your adults there, your kids there, um, you know, prayer meeting or, or whatever it is. And so your youth just kind of tag along and that seems to be your biggest. But here um, we have our, our our adult choir meets on Wednesday nights and that's it. That's the only other thing that's on going on on campus. And so our uh, our Wednesday night is typically quite a bit smaller, I would say. I would say average, maybe 15, it could be 10, it could be as much as 20, um, but it's it's our smaller service. And so we don't really do necessarily uh, worship on sun, uh, on Wednesday nights. How, now, how does that compare um, with Sunday, like just percentage-wise? Uh, Sunday, we've got about yeah, 25 to 30 on, on Sunday nights. And it's a little more structured uh, on Sunday nights. We kind of have, you know, we kind of have a set way of doing things. On Sunday nights, uh, whereas Wednesday nights, it's a lot more laid back, um, which I really love because it, it's very, very much discipleship focused on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um, and so, our, you know, our services are a lot different. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of gave up, um, you know, back when we were at Southeastern, I, I think it was pushed that, you know, your ministry's got to be a certain way. It's got to be a certain size. And I think just over the years, I've kind of given up a lot of that. Um, and just really begin to move where I feel like God's leading us. And, and I don't always get it right. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people who are doing things a whole lot better than I do, um, you know, in our student ministry. But, you know, we got to be careful about that pressure. And because I think sometimes what happens is that pressure, especially on, on guys who are um, part time or, you know, bivocational um, or don't have the bigger budgets and that kind of stuff when we're putting that pressure on them, we're also heaping guilt on them if they're not doing it a certain That's way. Good. Um, and I don't think it needs to be done a certain way necessarily. Yeah. Philip, are you seeing that Wednesday? What's your midweek versus Sunday? Like percentage wise. So we have the blessing of being right across the street in our town from the high school and uh, from the middle school. So um, the nice. kids can walk directly over after school and it's a matter of convenience um so i have plenty of kids coming to midweek it's sunday that i don't see them at all because they actually have to make an effort to get up early and get up here to church (laughs) and it's not a format that they're in love with anyway because it's more traditional um so they're not coming on sundays uh, but our midweek our wednesday night is great because they're walking it's a matter of convenience they walk right across the street um, and i have dinner for them Mm. here and then we go into our worship so is that so? You're doing dinner for them. Are they paying for that? No, he's budgeting that. Uh, we actually have some volunteers that come in and do that for us. Um, that's something we started this year, 
And uh, as long as I got volunteers to do that or enough budget money to co- cover it, um, I'm going to yeah. take care of that. No, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. So I, th- I think, good. I think you've got to recognize and Ed, I think, well, both of you really are, are kind of sh- showing this and saying this, like it's just dependent on your context. And, and there's so many things that play into that. So whether it's location, whether it's your church structure, you know, depending on what your church programming mm-hmm. looks like or doesn't look like can affect what you do. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like I start, I kind of threw this, I threw this out in the Facebook group, you know, what are some essentials and must haves uh, for you? And, I don't know, aside from like, okay, yeah, we're going to talk about Jesus. You know, the gospel is going to be present. That there, But I don't know, like there are, from a programming standpoint, that I would say these things have to happen, right? Um, right, right. I think for me, recognize, okay, midweek, the students that are coming, they've been in school all day, at least during the school year. So they're tired. And... So I think it's important to have some type of energy there, something to kind of let them let them go, whether that's a game, whether that's whatever, before you jump into, hey, sit and learn again. Right. Um, but, I, but I don't think that looks the same everywhere either. Um, I think we sure. I think you have to be careful, not, like you said, even let's not put the pressure on ourselves. Because I think, I mean, okay, so the reality is you're, everybody's going to compare. Right. But when we start yeah. comparing, we always lose. That's right. And it's, it's easy to say that and hard to, to practice and remember. Um, mm. But I think now, so do you do, you don't do worship on Wednesday nights, Ed? No. Um, typically our Wednesday nights, uh, like I said, we've got, I'm averaging 15, probably between 10 and 20. Um normally what we do on a Wednesday night is our kids start showing up. Our doors open at, at five. Our, our schedule time's not five, not until five 30, but uh, they start showing up about five and uh, they'll bring dinner with them. We'll all sit in our lobby and eat dinner and kind of hang out, um, play games for an hour or so. And sometimes they're um, sometimes they're structured games. A lot of times kids will go outside and play basketball, play foosball, air hockey, you know, just whatever. Um, and then um, we'll get into about six thirty. We'll get into our um, our Bible study time. And uh, about a year ago, uh, what we started doing on Wednesdays um, was we started we started working through Romans with our kids. And we're not very far through Romans. And so what we're doing is we'll give them six verses of Scripture. Uh, we try to provide um, uh, dictionaries, Bible dictionaries, commentaries. Um, uh, just a lot of resources for them. We'll take a half an hour, let them go through those verses, kind of study on their own. And then for the second half hour, uh, we talk about what they've learned, um, what they're seeing in scripture. Uh, at the end of each chapter, we'll kind of outline it and summarize it. Um, and so uh, we're really, we spend that time on Wednesdays. And this is one of the reasons I love Wednesdays so much is because we talk about the truth of scripture, but we're also, you know, really trying to be intentional about teaching our kids how to find and how to read and how to understand scripture. And so it probably looks a lot different than, you know, maybe some other sure. thing. Um, but, but it's just where we are and that's our context and it fits us really well. And uh, the kids have responded to it very well. So does your, what does Sunday nights look like then for you? Okay. So Sunday nights we do like the same, 
we open at 530. I'm sorry, we open at 5. We don't officially start until 530, but kids start showing up at 45, 5 o'clock. Um, and Philip, I love what you do with the dinner. We do the same thing. We started doing that a couple of years ago and instant hit, um, uh, you know, because a lot of kids show up and they don't have time to eat, um, that kind of stuff. So we have parents, volunteers and that kind of stuff uh, provide food, dinner for us, and they do a fantastic job. And so we eat from 530 to 6, um, 6 to 630. We will probably play a game or two. Um, then uh, 6.30, I'm sorry, yeah, 6.30 to 6.45 or so, um, I'll teach. One of our other leaders will teach, and then we'll just kind of break up into small groups and finish out the evening in our small groups. So that's more of almost like a more of a midweek type programming for you. But it's on something it, it is, it is, it is. And and I think this year we're, we're going to make some changes as we come up for this next school year, and I think music is going to be one of those things that we do. Um, we're going to add that element. Uh, we had that a couple years ago, and the people who played – all kind of graduated out of student ministry. Um, and uh, so I think we're going to, we've got some people who are interested in doing that. So I think we're probably going to try to plug that in a little bit, maybe 10 minutes or so worth of worship to begin uh, this next year when we, when we start in September. Philip, what about you? What does your Wednesday night look like? Yeah, sure. On, um, on Wednesday afternoon, they, uh, like I say, walk across from uh, middle school, high school. Actually, we, uh, my predecessor that was here for 18 years before me, set up our youth ministry to run third grade all the way to 12th grade. Oh, thank you uh, for that. Yeah. Uh, now the third <laughs> and fifth graders go off and do their own lesson, but we keep them all the way through worship time. So third grade through fifth grade start showing up about 3.30. Um, and then we have our high school and middle school get out at the same time right about 4 o'clock. They walk across the street. Um, we have a game room. Uh, which is a blessing that I realize that a lot of uh, smaller ministries don't have. Uh, we've got two pool tables in there, a ping pong table, which uh, uh, is a big hit. Um, some video game systems, but they're all older, and I'm not spending uh, my few ministry dollars on buying the new hot game systems. So that's beginning to um, shift away from the video games. They all bring their phone anyway. If they want to play video games, they can play Fortnite on there. Uh, phone. They don't need my <laughs> video game system to do that. Um, so we hang out until 5.45 or so. Um, that's usually when dinner's ready. Um, we serve dinner, and then at 6.30 we get started, and we do. We, we've done a very traditional, uh, it's probably going to change as we move into the new school year, but we do a very traditional announcements game, uh, worship time, and I do have a worship leader that comes in and works with some of our students. Um, I've got a uh, Cole on the, one of our kids on the, uh, Cajon playing some percussion for him and, uh, three or four girls that, you know, sing with him. Um, and then a young man, Trevor, who's playing the, uh, uh, bass for him. And, uh, we have another ministry volunteer that helps him occasionally with some backup guitar. Um, so we do have kind of a full worship mm -hmm. set, um, which is nice. And again, I know that's not something that everybody has. Um, we traditionally run 35 to 40 students. Um, just after that worship time, they head off to the uh, third through fifth graders, head off with my wife and do a different lesson, usually something connected to what we're doing, uh, but not the same lesson. It's real hard to uh, sit down and talk about the same thing and, and branch that whole third through 12th grade um, group. So uh, what we've been doing this year, this school year, and we'll continue it next school year is uh, we've been stepping book by book through the Bible, starting in Genesis, and we only spend one one 
a week on each book. So it's a real quick overview where I take a quick story out of it, but I want them to understand how connected uh, scripture is from beginning to end. It's one story. Um, and I think often with our kids in particular, we teach them bits and pieces of Bible stories, but they don't see that common theme of God loving humanity enough to go through everything that he's done to connect with us. And so uh, we started way back in August in Genesis. We made it up through Joel um, this school year and next year we will continue on through and finish that out um, as we get to May of next year. Now, do is that is the worship is the worship leader that you have is he paid or volunteer? He's paid. Okay. Um, I'm just curious. Somebody asked about that on the in the group. Okay, so does your does that look different, both of you guys, through the summer? Does that like your or does it do you stay consistent through the summer with what you do in school year? Since we don't have that convenience factor of being right across the street from the school, our numbers drop. Um, it's the kids that really want to be here that show up during the summer. Um, plus we have a lot of start and stop in the summer with mission trip, VBS camp. Those are weeks we're not here. And so the kids that aren't involved with that, um, they, they don't know when we're having service and when we're not. So we've gotten into where we just kind of fellowship together. We'll play a game together, some kickball, some ultimate Frisbee, um, or, uh, watch a movie together. Or uh, just have a worship night. I, my worship leader loves to just grab a night and do 40 minutes of worship time, and the kids enjoy that. Um, the one thing that we do is we have a small devotional time, uh, no matter what we're doing, whether it's a game night, whether it's a movie um, or a worship night, there's a time that we're going to talk about Jesus because I don't believe that we're going to get together at any point and not center on Jesus for a minute. I love spending time with our kids. Um, but that's why we're here. And if I let an opportunity go um, not to center on Jesus for a little while, I'm not doing my job. Yeah. So you're both talking about making changes in the fall. I, our sh- so uh, I guess I asked you guys. Like, so for us, we uh, our, our life group, small group stuff is primarily on Sunday mornings. That is the structure that we have right now. And then we actually do mentor groups on Sunday evenings. So uh, our Sunday morning, kind of that life group, discipleship, small group time is our largest. And then we run pretty consistently. The The Wednesday night fluctuates throughout the year. Like we'll see in the fall, that's bigger. When we hit spring, it drops because then we run it into lacrosse and soccer and baseball and whatever. Uh, during the summers, we stop we only run the mentor groups through the school year in the summers. Then our Wednesday night looks drastically different uh, in the sense that we really pull away from a lot of what we've said, like your kind of your traditional midweek elements. And uh, we'll do more, a uh, lot more games, a lot more competition stuff. And almost like you're saying, Philip, where we come back and kind of do almost like more of a devotion uh, type thing. And we do that really for a couple of reasons. We want to gain momentum through the summer when they're not in school, kids are everywhere, but we want them to want to be there during the summer. And we also hope and encourage and really emphasize them inviting friends to, to those competitions. So uh, we kind of make a competition out of summer. And so we kind of divide them up and then each Wednesday night 
they're kind of competing against other, each other and their teams and they're getting points for bringing a friend. They're getting a point for every time they're there. They get a point for uh, when they finish and where they finish in those competitions. And then, and then we'll break and do, do dinner. It's just, it all with sh- with summer here. It's so short for us. We can do that pretty easily uh, because it, it's only six to eight weeks. And, uh, and, and we're the same, man. We, by the time you throw in camp and mission trip and VBS weeks, you, you know, you're not looking at, at much. Um, so here's the thing that I think, and, and you guys tell me what you think. I feel like when it comes to your youth worship, whatever time that looks like, you're gathering there, that you need to know the reason you're doing what you're doing. So instead of jumping in and saying, oh, well, we're going to do this, 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 because that's what you do, uh, I think you need to know what you're trying to accomplish. And I would say what, what I would encourage youth pastors to do is focus on one thing at a time. So like we, right. I, so I put in the Facebook group, hey, this week we're talking about, you know, midweek, what, is, uh, what are questions you have? What are some things? And so Benjamin Bry, uh, Price through in right away, how do you get your youth uh, to move from non-singing to singing? And then uh, Joshua jumped in and said, hey, look, same deal. Like, how do I get them to understand the desire of, of worship? Um, and even those that often have a desire to worship seem to feel awkward to sing, right? And so if that's a priority for you, then I think that's, you got to kind of say, okay, we want to help our kids understand what it means to worship. And, and honestly, I think, I think that's the issue is that singing, if you've, for, for those that have grown up in church and been around church, we, we just sing because it's what you do in church. Right. But for a lot of students, I mean, there's not really another context or an environment that they're in other than a concert, which clearly Wednesday nights usually are not going to be for most that you sing. And so it's just weird. It's not that they, I don't think it's necessarily that they don't want to. They just don't understand why they should, and it's weird. Uh, so I think, like, start like what we have done. What we did with that at one point was we just did a series on what worship is, and really emphasized worship is an overflow of the heart, and this is why we sing. And you know, we're singing and bringing praise to the Lord and looking at certain passages where the scripture calls us to sing praises to the Lord. And then we did nights where we didn't sing. We did worship with no singing. And it was prayer stations or it was giving or it was encouragement or uh, it was, it was you know, maybe we had journals out. We were journaling um, and and then reintroduced the the singing back into that. And we started small with with songs and and I think too a lot of times people don't sing because they don't know the song. Uh, so trying to make sure that we're singing songs consistently enough that they're learning the songs or that when we are introducing new songs that we're teaching them the song uh, before before we're jumping in. I don't know if you what your guys thoughts on that have have you dealt with that students not wanting to sing how do you kind of bring them to the point where they recognize what it means to worship here. My predecessor uh, was not only the youth minister, but the worship leader. Um, when they brought me on, they heard me lead worship once and said, yeah, we're going to have to hire worship. <laughs> um, 
which was fine with me. But uh, uh, there's a culture here. There's always been a culture here in our youth ministry um, that worship is a big deal. Um, I get more groans uh, when I cut worship short, no worship time short than I do than I ever will cutting my message short. Well, why didn't we sing five songs? Why did we only do three this week? Yeah. Um, so, but you're building a culture. I don't really connect with that as much. Like you've built a like that, and I guess that's kind of what I'm saying is, you you almost you're you sh- I think, and I tell youth pastors a lot like don't build a ministry, build a culture. Mm-hmm. And so, so what you're talking about even is like build a culture of worship, not just the practice of singing. I think when I recognized that students thought it was weird, then I was like, oh wait, we need to teach them why this isn't weird. Well, and with anything. In youth ministry, um, there's not a magic pill and there's not a magic flip, uh, switch you can flip. Um, it's going to take time. Any culture change, um, whether it's around your church or in your youth ministry or in your home, any culture change um, takes a long time to kind of build that um, up. So I wish we had a magic pill that we could throw their way and say, hey, you get kids to sing by making up motions to every song and that'll get it. Um, and that might work, but ultimately... Wait, that worked in the 90s. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, I think it's just a matter of patience and being intentional. But And you got to meet the kids where they are and then walk them to where they need to be. And uh, that, that goes for worship. That goes for Bible study. That goes for, I guess, for everything. So... Uh, okay, let me let me look here. So here are some of the questions that came out of the Facebook group. Let's if you got if you guys don't mind, let's tackle some of these. Okay, so Todd Todd Jones says, "What's a fair price to pay a worship leader? Partial band, full band." Um, my thought on this is, you don't have to pay them, and you may not be able to pay them, and that's okay. Uh, and it's going to just vary really based off of your, your budget and the culture you're in and your church context. And that's not really an answer. I recognize that. I think the key like a number. is to tell anybody that would be considering leading worship for you that the less you pay them now, the more they're building up treasure in heaven. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I just get them a t-shirt that says, don't mind the guitar. My treasure's right. in heaven. And, and they're good. No, I, I mean, you, you may or may not be able to pay. I wish. I think you just, you pay them what you yeah. can. And that's it, you know. Um, and you do the best you can. And you may not be able to pay them. Like, we don't pay anybody. Uh, ours student-led and has been for a while. And uh, so, we now, in the past, there's been somebody pay. I'm not against it. I just am in a place where we've been where we are long enough. We've we just don't need it right now. Um, and and it works fine without that. But at the same time, I, if I ended up in a situation where I needed to again, then I would have to look at the budget because that's going to yeah, drive it. Absolutely. So uh, Todd makes a good point. He says a, a must-have for him is a great welcome team. Um, I think that's important. And it probably goes overlooked yeah, and- a lot. I saw that um, this morning on the Facebook site and immediately realized that that's something that I'm missing right now. So 
Todd, thanks. You've helped out a youth group in Lavernia, uh, Texas, that's going to end up changing some things as we go into the new year because I realize that I haven't done a good job as an adult or as the leader um, in training my students how to be welcoming and how to take that on themselves and say, hey, this is your job um, to make them feel welcome. Yeah. So that, that's a big one. So uh, Nate Turner is a friend of mine. He was a youth pastor here in the area for a long, long time. And he's been on the shows. He, he came on the podcast way back, maybe, gosh, I'd have to look, episode six, maybe, talking about casting vision. And he came over. He does a phenomenal, his his group was phenomenal at this. Like He had a group of students, like his basically his leadership students, that's what they did. They were greeters. And he, so he has this thing, this saying that I'm sure he stole from someplace else. Uh, not that he's not smart enough to come up with it just because that's what we do. We steal things from others. Um, but he, he would tell his kids like, be awkward. So others don't have to be. And he would say, look, yeah, it's awkward when you come in, you don't know anybody. And it's awkward to go over and talk to somebody you don't know, but it's more awkward for them to sit there and not know anybody. So go out of your way. But he literally walked through like, okay, here's how you greet. Here's how you high five. Here's, here's how you ask you know, questions to get to know them. Here's, we're going to take them. We're going to invite them into our circle. We're going to introduce them to somebody they know. We're going to ask somebody to sit with them, you know? And I I think, I think Todd is right on, man. A a good welcome team sets the tone for the night, even if it's, and it's not even just because of guests, right? Because everybody needs to be welcomed. Uh, So if you're sitting here with like, oh man, I only got like 10 kids coming or five or 10 kids, who cares? I have a couple of them. Hey, you're the greeter for tonight. And I don't know, give them a name tag, a t-shirt, something if you need to, to make them feel important and celebrate that. Along those same lines of things that uh, best practices, I guess they're not non-negotiables, um, but I jotted down a couple of things that I just kind of feel like are are kind of along that same line of, you know, having a welcome team that um, maybe we all should have known. Um, we did have a plan. Um, don't, even if you're a volunteer, bivocational, um, you've got two other jobs, have a plan walking in on Wednesday night or on Sunday night of what you're doing. Um, kids pick up that you're organized or not. Adults, uh, parents really do. Um, so, and just a few, well, I guess a month ago, you guys had an episode, episode 56 on organizing yourself. Um, and, so that's a big yeah. thing. Build in some sort of parent communication mechanism, whether that's a parent newsletter that you give them at pickup time or a Facebook group or a Remind account or a Twitter account, some way that you can get announcements through your students um, to parents. Don't think of students as a, an announcement delivery system to parents. They are a barrier <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Use some sort of check-in and check-out system or <laughs> sign-in system. It can be a piece of paper, a piece of notebook paper, and a pen. Uh, but keep some sort of record. Yeah, track it. Games work. Um, they get everybody out of their comfort zone. They have a good time with it. Um, I have kids that walk away every Wednesday night not being able to tell you what book of the Bible we were in, but they can tell you every part of the game we play. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, that's okay. Uh, I mean, the reality is, I mean, even if I think back, I can't tell you, I don't know if I can tell you any really like 
Bible lessons or sermons that I heard as a student, but I could tell you tons of things and conversations and things that impacted my life beyond that. But I think you got to track it though. You're right. Like uh, sometimes, especially if you're in a smaller context, you feel like, ah, oh, you know, we got the same, but you know, they matter, track them. If those students matter, then you need to count them there and you need to notice when they're not, but they need to hear from you when they are there, not just when they're missing. Drives me crazy too. No, those are great. I, I think too, like I, I love when you're talking about having a plan. Um, Kevin, Kevin put on here, you know, when running a youth group and there are no paid staff, uh, what are essentials for youth ministry? They struggle from week to week, um, you know, to, to have things prepared. And I think pulling back from a full service to just small groups on Wednesday nights. First of all, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with pulling back and doing small groups on Wednesday night. If that's what works, then do it. Um, I think a lot of times we struggle week to week because we don't really have a plan. And I know, so when I, before I came here, I mean, I was, I was part-time at the church. We had about 40, 45 students and I was also youth and children. I had about a hundred children. So it was a full time load part-time. And then I was working like three other jobs, just financially trying to make it work. And so my time was limited but what I learned to do was be really disciplined in my time. And so if I had five or 10 minutes today or five and 10 minutes tomorrow, uh, kind of mapping out what that looks like, building in some templates week to week and, uh, and then just trying to, st- and then staying ahead so that I wasn't always uh, running from behind. Use what's there. You know, you don't have to come up with a new game every week. Heck, I would say, you don't need to be coming up with a game every week. You yep. can get a volunteer. You can probably get a high school student to help you run the games um, so that you're not having to do it all. And, you know, you just work with what you've got. But I think having a plan ahead of time. So for us, like right now, we use a couple different things that are helpful. And, and But it could just literally be a piece of paper. But like Google Docs for us is really helpful. So Google Spreadsheet. And just kind of planning out a Google Calendar. If we're calendaring out events, we're using a lot of that so that we're, you know, getting way out ahead of it. Um, I mean, we talk about Evernote, I feel like, endlessly on this podcast. That is a huge, that is a huge thing that, I mean, I use, Chris uses a ton. And Trello, we've mentioned that a few times, uh, is really good for uh, kind of to-do lists when you've got multiple people doing multiple projects, you can assign deadlines and assign them to certain things. And I, I think the key when you don't have a lot of time is to maximize the time you have. And the best way to do that is to pass off some of the things that you're doing to others who are able to carry that load and, and probably enjoy it and do better. I, uh, I heard at some youth ministry conference, some guy that was speaking, I don't remember who it was, um, but he said something that kind of blew my mind. He said, youth ministry is not about ministering to youth. It's about teaching you to minister. That's good. I'm going to quote Philip Higginbottom with that. Yeah, that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it. Uh, you know what? So Scott Osborne for you, buddy, we're going to put that one in the show notes so you can share that. Okay. Scott put on the, he, he called out Chris and I about uh, the podcast said, Hey, I'm driving when I listen. If you have like really good quotes that you say, can you like put those in the show notes so I can share those with my leaders? So Scott, there you go. That one's making it. 
That's a good one. So, well, hey, guys, as we wrap up here, um, any last thoughts on this or anything that we have? So right near the beginning, I said something about being authentic. And I said I had something later. I I would be in trouble. Um, My wife's going to listen to this and she's going to go, you never got back around to that. Um, (laughs) So uh, by vocational ministry, I'm working with about uh, eight or ten kids. And I got an email from a parent uh, that was going to bring her children to a Wednesday night. They were homeschool kids, um, and she wanted to know what we did on a Wednesday night. At the time, we would gather together and play some game together, uh, usually some sort of sport, football, ultimate frisbee, kickball, um, all together as a group. And she immediately emailed me back, and she goes, "Uh, my kids don't get a lot of physical activity. I'm not sure how they'll respond to that, um, but we'll see. And so I was, this was two days before Wednesday night. I had the opportunity to kind of change what we did because I knew that this large homeschool family was looking for a place, um, but ultimately decided that we were going to be who we were uh, as a group. And if they wanted to be part of that, that would be great. And if not, I didn't want to misrepresent us as something we weren't. Um, They came in. Uh, had a great time playing kickball with us that night, got connected with our ministry. Um, I've gotten an opportunity to marry one of their daughters, um, speak at three or four of their homeschool graduations. Uh, They are good uh, friends of ours now, and they spent um, the the next three years of ministry with us at that church, and now we have moved to another church 30 uh, five minutes away, and every summer she gives me a call and sends her kids to camp with me um, because that's the relationship that we built that's with awesome. them. And if I had not been authentic as a group, um, if I had changed our identity for that one night, all of that would have been different. That's good. Yeah, I think that's key. You know, uh, just don't feel the pressure to change, be who you are, like just be who you are in your context. And that's not to say that there aren't times where we have to stop and say and evaluate, gosh, is this working? I, I think I think we do. But yeah, at the end of the day, just just be you, you know. Well, fellas, any uh, any resource books, anything you're reading right now that you throw out to listeners? Could be anything. Doesn't have to be a book resource that I kind of send everybody to at some point when they're getting involved in any ministry, not just youth ministry, is It uh, from Craig Groeschel. I think it was his second or third book that he put out. Um, it's solid. And now he's put up. <laughs> I totally thought you were going to go Stephen <laughs> King. And I was like, <laughs> I was like that would be an interesting uh, resource. No, uh, Craig Groeschel's book, It. Um, a really solid ministry resource. I read over it uh, about once every year and a half or so. Well, fellas, thank you so much for coming on and uh, taking some time. Thanks for what you do, where you are and how you serve the students and families you're serving. Thanks for, uh, well, thanks for listening to the podcast, be part of it and part of the community here. I'm grateful. I know Chris is grateful and uh, it means, it means a lot. It means a lot. Um, I'm sure it was helpful. Uh, I think just talking through and hearing different contexts and different folks serving is always helpful for me. And um, if nothing else, I learned stuff. So I appreciate it. Anytime, Teddy. 
Cool. All right, guys. We'll catch you later. Well, there you have it. A great discussion uh, with those guys around this idea of youth worship services and what that looks like. And look, whether, like we said, whether that's a midweek thing for you, whether that's a Sunday thing for you, for you, regardless of the size of context, I think there's a lot that can be done. I think the key takeaway for me just through all that was uh, that we have to be intentional with what we do, that it doesn't have to look a certain way everywhere. You don't need a certain budget type or group size to be effective. You just have to figure out how to be effective within your context and with what you, with what resources you have. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do that. So anyway, be sure to head over to the show notes page to check out all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode. That's at thelongerhall.com slash episode 062, thelongerhall.com slash episode 062. Again, so make sure you subscribe to the show so you can get it every week when it comes out. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back next week when Chris is done sailing on the ocean blue with a, a brand new episode for you, just like always. Um, also, uh, I guess I should mention to head over and uh, request to join the super secret Facebook podcast group, which is not necessarily a secret because we're telling everyone to join, but we like it. We like saying it that way. So a bunch of you guys are already in there. That's been fun and been, that's been great actually. So anyway, uh, that'll do it. We'll see you in the next episode next week. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.